Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today is Tuesday, December 22nd. And today I'm going to hit a little bit on some things that are happening in the news. And because we're in such a really busy season right now, and a lot of you guys are writing into me about marriage and relationships and all that, I thought, you know what? It's the holidays. Let's talk about sex and the busy mom. This is going to be great. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today. You guys, uh, wow, we are almost to Christmas. It's the 22nd. And I have recorded this podcast in advance. You guys know that yesterday I had surgery uh, for cataracts on my eyes. I started with one eye and then if it goes well, we're going to do the other one, I think next week or something like that. So I appreciate you guys praying for me and uh, for our family. And also just kind of want to let you guys know, wow, we are just... Every single day, I'm so encouraged. My staff has been uh, setting up notes for me, kind of trying to help me streamline the podcast a little bit. And I wanted to give a shout out to Allison from Yorba Linda, California, Renee, um, Montesano, Washington, and then Beverly from Richmond, Virginia, who said, Heidi, thank you so much for what you do. Words can't express how valuable your ministry is in these days. We especially appreciate the podcast. The programs and teaching are filled with the Holy Spirit's power and discernment. And that is such an encouragement. Thank you, Beverly. Man, we really appreciate that. So uh, we've got a couple of other things I wanted to throw out at you. Uh, We are looking right now. So there's a lot of things happening in, you know, the ministry that I have had for many, many years as a speaker I told you guys last year, I kept telling you, you know, in April, I thought this is going to blow over. We, you know, we uh, rescheduled a lot of my speaking events to June and then we rescheduled to July and then we bumped them out to August and then we bumped into October. And I just saw my speaking season just get completely obliterated right before my eyes, which was uh, devastating to us on lots of different levels. But we thought, okay, so it's going to come back in 2021, and I'm already starting to see signs that that may not be the case. A lot of these uh, conference centers that we normally work with, hotels, that kind of thing, they're limiting greatly what can be done. And I still really have a heart to bring my women's conference to churches around the United States. And so my family and I, and along with my staff, sat down last week, and we tried to come up with a way that we could do it that would be feasible so that I'm not in an airplane crisscrossing the country. We could drive it and kind of drive in a circle. And so here's where this is coming to. So I really want today to ask you if you guys have a church that's open. And by open, I mean maskless, not participating in this thing at all. And you're willing to host a Faith That Speaks conference in 2021. We want to hear from you. So I'm going to link back to it in the show notes today. Um, and you guys can get there, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash speaker forward slash speaking request. I'll link back to it. Anyway, uh, we are looking for, uh, we'd like to put a tour together for Faith That Speaks. And it's an amazing, amazing opportunity for us to come into your church and to spend a day and a half. We usually start on Friday night and we spend all day Saturday. Sometimes you can just have it be a Saturday event that works too. But basically there are six different talks that I give, just really encouraging you to have your faith be a faith that speaks. This idea that our faith is something that we hide, that we don't uh, engage in politics, that we don't stand for the unborn, 
So we'll talk about all those things and talk about how powerful it is when the Holy Spirit is behind your speaking. It's kind of like what Beverly from Richmond was saying. You know, you can tell when someone is speaking in the Holy Spirit's power. And so if you would like to bring faith that speaks to your church in in 2021, we would love to hear from you. And we're going to try to put that tour together. And then I would just appreciate your prayers as we move forward, you know, as we head into 2021, and it looks like it's it's possible. I mean, we've already had two events cancel, and my husband and I are like, okay, so the word for uh, 2020 was pivot, and now the word is going to be sustain <laughs> for 2021. Like, Lord, sustain us. Show us what you want us to do. Where do you want us to go? Uh, it's just an amazing this is an amazing time to be a Christian, and we want to encourage you. Also want to encourage you to join us at MomStrong International. We're going to wrap up the study in the book of Revelation in January. And so I'll come back and do my live teaching starting on January the 9th, and we're going to burn through the rest of Revelation. And then every single month, you guys, we release a new study. So we want to get you engaged in the Word. We're going to be adding something to it in January which I'm very excited about. A lot of you have been saying that you would really like uh, specific ways to help study God's word with your teenage boys, with your sons. And so we have uh, brought on a couple more writers over at uh, MSI and we're going to start doing that. So every study then will have a little bit of a study guide for you. So we already have Kids Strong, which helps you with the younger kids. And now we're going to do a component uh, that we're calling Teen Strong. And the idea behind that is to help parents engage in these conversations with their kids about the culture as we study God's word together, because God's word is uh, applicable to every aspect of the culture. And we want you guys to feel equipped and just able to do that and not feel like, hey, I just don't know what, what to do. So So if you are interested in learning how to better disciple your kids as we move into 2021. And honestly, I think this is true. And I'm going to keep saying it. If Biden gets elected, we are, we're in for a bumpy ride and, and the church is in for a bumpy ride. So I'm going to encourage you to just be uh, on guard, be, you know, studying the word for yourself. And we've been doing this now for several years over at uh, MomStrong International. And like I said, we already have Kids Strong over there. We already do the scripture writing. You can find it in Spanish and English. There's there's copy work for your children, giving them a chance to practice their handwriting, punctuation, and all those kinds of things. So it's a great addition to whatever it is that you're doing uh, in your homeschooling. And then also we're going to add Teen Strong so that you, it's basically going to be a kind of a guide, a jumping off place for you to really engage your kids in thoughtful conversations about what's happening in the culture from the perspective of the Bible. And there's a lot going on in the culture right now. And, and uh, we, I don't think we can uh, overstate it, what's going on right now. We need to pray for truth. That's certainly what we've been doing. We're watching what's happening in California. Uh, by the way, there's a, there's a recall. Speaking of California, there's a recall. They're trying to get their horrible governor out of office, which I hope that they're successful in doing. That campaign is gaining traction. If you're listening and you're in California and you haven't joined the recall Governor Newsom campaign, I'll link back to it in the show notes today. But oh my goodness, you guys get that guy out of there. Did you see this? Uh, last Thursday, so just a few days ago, a judge in California finally made a good ruling 
And he ruled that California officials cannot force restaurants to shut down amid a pandemic. Uh, right? Hello? The, uh, the, the founders of this country, the crafters of the Constitution, they knew that there was such a thing as pandemics and they didn't make any provision in the Constitution for the government to be able to take over your life under the guise of your, quote, safety. And so a San Diego Superior Court judge ruled that, funny, two strip clubs could stay open uh, despite Newsom's orders that prompted city officials to try to force closures. And you guys are watching this happening, I'm sure, on social media, these uh, these these officials, these, they, you know, because we've weaponized the health and, and the health department, labor and industries, we've just weaponized them. And so what the county was doing was they were issuing cease and desist letters and immediate closure orders to a wide variety of businesses and other activities. And these included uh, gyms, fitness centers, bars, restaurants, spas, all kinds of things, religious entities and entertainment centers. And this ruling says that this does little, if anything, to demonstrate any nexus between businesses with restaurant services uh, who've implemented protocols and other places. So so the judge was saying, cut it out, knock it off. This He doesn't have this kind of authority and he doesn't. And so you guys remember this. So for those of you who are listening to me right now and you're in Washington state and you're a business owner or you're in uh, Kentucky or you're in North Carolina or you're in horrible Michigan right now and you have a business, your governors cannot take away your ability to make a living for your family and keep that business afloat. And so we're going to just encourage you here to know the constitution, know your rights, know what those responsibilities are, and then defend them. We need to be defending uh, our rights in this nation to the freedom that has been given to us by God, certain unalienable rights that among them, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They cannot take your livelihood away from you. Uh, Interesting to note also that happened last Friday, I think, Michigan voted to repeal the emergency law that's been used by the governor to do all these crazy lockdowns. Woot, woot, right? So they voted on Friday morning to repeal a law that Governor Gretchen Whitmer, one of the worst in the nation, was using to give her this draconian authority to issue public health orders in response to the Chinese Communist Party virus. And it was it was I thought she got, you know, they booted her by a pretty good majority considering it's Michigan. Right. I think they voted 57 to 43 to repeal these emergency orders. Um. And this was the uh, Emergency Powers of the Governor Act of 1945, which authorized the governor to proclaim a state of emergency, but also laid out no role for the state legislature in rejecting or extending a state of emergency. So Whitmer has just cited over and over again these emergency powers to justify these massive draconian lockdowns and restrictions. And she's been doing this since March, like our horrible governor here in Washington state. So uh, in another 59 to 44 vote, the House passed a separate bill that would put a 28 day limit on the length of a pandemic order issued by any state official. Hello. That's what needs to happen. So you guys keep praying. I mean, our country is in desperate need of a massive overhaul. That's what we need. We, uh, this, this woman, uh, Whitmer, Cuomo, Governor Cuomo in uh, in New York, Wolf from Pennsylvania, Inslee uh, from Washington State, Brown from Oregon State, uh, Newsom in California, some of the worst governors of all time. 
And these guys are going to go down in infamy because people are losing their businesses. They're losing their livelihoods. Uh, the suicide rate is encouraging, you know, in, is uh, is skyrocketing, right? Uh, drug addiction, alcohol, the divorce rate. It's just bananas what's happening because of this crazy response to a virus with a 99.9% survival rate. It just, uh, it makes no sense at all to me. And you guys are writing in because now we're in the 22nd of December. So we're coming up on Christmas, right? Christmas Eve is Thursday. And I'm hearing from a lot of you who are feeling stress in your marriages right now. I said last week, and I'm going to reiterate it. uh, I wrote a book years ago called The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Romance, Nurturing Your Marriage Through the Homeschool Years. And in hindsight, I wished I hadn't focused so much on homeschoolers because I think, wow, this is important even if you're not homeschooling. This is just important, like to nurture your marriage and particularly when things are so busy. And let's just be honest right now, we're crazy busy, aren't we? I mean, this is the uh, this is the holiday season when everybody's just bonkers and, and crazy. And so I wanted to give you guys a little bit of some encouragement uh, from chapter five of this book. And you guys, um, if you enjoy listening to me talk, you'll love the book because I don't write any really any differently than I speak. And so it's very easy to read. This is something you guys could read together as a couple. And I think it will really encourage you because you'll be like, oh, that's right. It's not just my wife or it's not just my husband. Uh, Song of Solomon, chapter four, verse seven says, all beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. And toward the beginning of the book, I said that I'd had a conversation with my husband about 10 years into our marriage. And he said, um, I miss the girl that I married. I'm, I, where'd she go? I miss her. And I, you know, I was immediately defensive. I was like, what do you mean you miss me? I'm right here. I'm in the kitchen. I literally am uh, making a path in the road from our house to the grocery store, to the church where he was working and back again. Every day when you come home from work, I'm standing in the same spot in the kitchen making dinner. I didn't, I, I, I was waiting for him to be critical of either my, mostly my role, I think, as a wife. And I was feeling like, man, I just, I'm having a hard time juggling all this stuff. And so the long of the, the short rather of the long story was that I came to the conclusion that the girl that he was missing was really the girl that I wanted to be. And I called her that girl. I want to be that girl. I want to be the girl that my husband dreams about that he cannot wait to come home from work and and see. I want to be the girl that he thinks is beautiful and can't take his eyes off of. I want to be that girl. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think by now you guys know me, you know, pretty well. And I love to talk about all things related to culture, you know, at the intersection of faith and culture, that's where you're always going to find me. And one of my favorite subjects right in the heart of that intersection is sex. And we should be talking about it. And I've had some of the best conversations about sex with uh, homeschool moms, believe it or not. And I think it's about time because it's one of the most important parts of the marriage relationship. 
And uh, believe it or not, I think that busy moms have a lot to say about it, which you'll just give them the opportunity. And if we can talk about it in a context that says this is a really good thing, I think it's really easy for us to talk about all the bad things, right? Uh, Pornography that we see just running rampant, particularly because of the internet. This is absolutely true in the church. It's It's a pandemic among church leaders. And uh, I think most people don't think of moms, homeschool moms for sure, as women who enjoy wonderful, intimate relationships with their husbands. You say the word homeschool and mom together in the same sentence, and it conjures up images of toddlers and textbooks, not candlelit bedrooms and romantic evenings of passionate interludes between the sheets, right? And most of the women that I've spoken to over the years have told me especially when they're struggling in their marriages, and this always comes up, that they just don't have time for sex because their children need to be given priority. And I think it's sad. A lot of women, a lot of wives believe that sex is something that needs very little energy, but I, I beg to differ. I think when we start opening our eyes and our hearts to the importance of sex in marriage, there's going to be a whole lot more uh, of you talking about it. But we got to get real with each other and we've got to ask God for his perspective. And I think getting real is challenging. As I said earlier, it it means that we have to lay aside uh, the facade that we can put up so easily for other people. And as hard as it is to admit that we don't have it all together, it's also very freeing. You guys don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have all the answers. You can say, hey, we're struggling in our marriage. I would rather hear you say we're struggling or my wife and I have a terrible sex life or whatever it is. I'd rather that we just came clean about it so we can talk about it, get it out in the open, and then start making steps to to heal that relationship. I think something wonderful happens when we're not trying to be somebody that we're not, when we're not pretending about how our marriages are or how our homeschooling is going or the fears that we have about the culture or the Rona or whatever it is. I think when we're not trying to be somebody we're not, we are more open to hearing God's still small voice. We can also hear the voices of other godly men and women that we trust to speak into our lives. Being real allows us to have real relationships. So if you have to pretend around your friends, you guys have a problem. You don't have real friends. I'm going to encourage you to to nurture those relationships in your lives that allow you and the other people to be exactly who they are, flaws and everything. This is where we learn uh, from Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, to bear with one another, right? Allow yourself to be vulnerable. Talk about the things that are, that are uh, hurting you in your marriages. I think that's when you start to find that girl again. So for the women who are listening to this, uh, you know, I used to call this the homeschool headache, right? Uh, coming to the end of the day, and I just knew that if one more person asked me for one more thing, something ugly was going to happen. And I know that every single one of you, every mom, every busy mom listening to this right now is going, yeah, I get it. Because let's be honest, sometimes sex is the last thing on our minds. All right, maybe sometimes being too generous. I get it. Lack of sleep, stress within your marriage, financial pressures, hello, Christmas. Serious libido killers. But the funny thing is, my husband never feels this way. (laughs) Sex is never the last thing on his mind. It just never is. And uh, it's not always the first thing either. But in almost 32 years of marriage, I've never seen it be the last thing. We've often looked at each other at the end of the day and our eyes just say it all. They just don't always say the same thing. (laughs) Right? 
And I've heard it said, and I wrote about this in the book, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. So I hope you'll pick it up. Uh, that people quote me those familiar verses, right, about how your body doesn't belong to you. And by the way, it doesn't. That's from the Bible. But I want to steer you in a different direction. I want you to look at sex as the amazing thing that God intended for us to see it as. Because God thinks it's amazing. It, it, sex was his idea. Sex is everywhere in God's creation. And in fact, last, uh, I think last couple years ago, I was teaching botany in our homeschool. And we discovered that there are actually ferns that reproduce using the old familiar sperm meets egg scenario. Can you guys imagine that? I'm not even kidding. If you're a homeschool mom, you might want to look it up. My point is that God thinks sex is a good idea. And so I think that we should think it's a good idea too. Absolutely worth investing in, in your marriage. And you need to have honest conversations, men with your wives about it. And women, you need to have honest conversations with your husband. Because I think that men and women look at sex differently, largely because the culture has massively messed this up. A long time ago, I was speaking at a women's conference in Oregon, and we were talking about self-image, right? How to learn to see ourselves the way that God sees us instead of how the world sees us. And I was studying some passages, and I came across uh, Proverbs 5.18. And before I went further in my study, I read the verse to Jay. And the interesting conversation that ensued went something like this. So I look up this passage and I say, hey, honey, uh, check this verse out. Now I'm completely being sarcastic with them. It says, may that may your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. And I was like, of course, you're supposed to rejoice in the wife of your youth because let's let's be honest. In a few years, the wife of your youth is going to be just a distant memory of the wife that you got now. Things are sagging, right? Holla. My hair is going to lose its youthful shine and oil belay is going to maybe be the only thing I can't live without. Although I got to tell you, women, mm -mm. I started using uh, a face, like I just started doing face cream, like a regimen from Young Living, and I absolutely love it. That and collagen. Woo! We're going to talk about it. I'm, I I told Melissa last week, I'm like, have you tried Bloom? Because it's amazing. She's like, uh, yes. So... Anyway, that's an aside. You're welcome. But one of these days, I'm going to be old and tired. And I, I told my husband, I bet the, the Bible says you better rejoice in the wife of your youth because when she's old, there won't be much to rejoice about it. And my husband, such a wonderful man, a million different reasons why I married him and why he's my favorite person in the whole wide world still 33 years later. He was like, babe, for goodness sake, you know, put down People Magazine. That's not how I see those verses at all. He said, when I read the verse, I envision an old man sitting on the porch with the wife of his youth, you know, the one that God gave to him when he was young. And the man's looking at this beautiful old woman and just remembering the wife of his youth makes him smile. And I was like, okay, I never actually would have thought of it that way. And just hearing my husband's take on the verse made me wonder how my other girlfriends would read it. So I read it at the retreat. You know what? Almost all the moms saw the verse the same way I did. I think most of the women I talk to are very self-conscious about their bodies. And why shouldn't they be? We live in a culture that's literally consumed with sex and body image. And all you got to do is go through the grocery store checkout to see pictures of, quote, fat women, right? So we all know that according to the culture, fat is defined as anyone who's over a size six and who has gas, but wait for it, cellulite, right? In the name of beauty, women in our culture undergo liposuction, breast augmentation, tummy tucks, facelifts, eye lifts, even chin implants. 
And instead of being seen as a sign of wisdom, wrinkles send 40-somethings running for Botox injections. Now, I'm not suggesting these things are sinful. What I'm saying is we've got a really big problem in the culture. We bought into the lie that the media has told us that it knows more about beauty than God does, and it's just not true. It's just not true. And so there's so much that I think body image has to do with sex inside of marriage. We know that the Bible says that uh, the Lord doesn't look at the things that man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And we've got God's word, but we defer to the world to define how our physical bodies should look. And I went on in the book to talk about how I had to start looking at myself the way that God saw me because the criticism that I was receiving in my heart wasn't coming from my husband. It was coming from myself. And with each pregnancy, I could hear, you know, that nagging voice in my head reminding me I was never going to have the body of that girl again. Right. And I wanted to be intimate, but even in my early twenties, I began to feel kind of insecure. And it took a lot of courage for me to admit that to my husband. And I learned something amazing, uh, early on in our marriage about the way that my husband sees me as a woman, not as a homeschool mom, as a woman. And it turns out he loves me. My imperfections, they don't concern him. They concern me, but not him. I had bought into a lie and it is a lie straight from the pit of hell. And I'm going to encourage you guys. Uh, I go a lot more in depth in, uh, in the book, but this is a really good time of year to do an assessment of where you guys are at in your marriage, emotionally, sexually, spiritually, all of it. Reassess it. Uh, Your marriage is worth investing in. And if you've ever felt caught between the demands of just being a mom or being a dad and meeting the needs of your husband or your wife, you're not alone. And I think you guys are going to be encouraged. So I'll link back to it, the Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Romance in the show notes today. But a lot more, uh, I'm going to go in depth a lot more in the book just about things that you can do and ways that you can look at your marriage and why I think it's so important to make time for sex. And if you're struggling to do that, please have a conversation with each other. Even though this is a busy time of year, uh, your marriage needs to be the priority relationship in the home. All right, you guys, I love you so much. I'm thankful that you guys are listening to this podcast and sharing it with your friends. And again, um, you know, reminding you guys again, we would love it. If you're interested in hosting my conference, Faith That Speaks, in 2021, please go to the show notes today and click on that link, and we will reach out to you as we're trying to put a tour together. And uh, yeah, so that's what we're looking forward to doing. I think you guys are going to be really, really blessed. God is on the move. We continue to pray for strength uh, of our leaders and strength in our churches that we would turn our hearts back to our children and back to the Lord and be the people that he wants us to be. And one really great way you guys can be encouraged to do that is by coming out to a Faith That Speaks conference near you or hosting it in your church. So thanks for listening today, everybody. I hope you have a fantastic day. I'm gonna come back tomorrow and uh, give you a little bit of a shot in the arm from the word of God, talk about some things that are happening in the culture. I appreciate your prayers as I um, am getting better from surgery and... uh, Yeah, I'll come back in a couple of days and give you guys an update. Have a great day, everybody, and I will see you back here tomorrow. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.